The big one that you want to look for is are your retargeting ads being shown on kids' channels because you pay for a view, right? So perhaps, you know, a parent was doing some research, they left, and then, you know, their kid's on their computer watching Peppa Pig, for example, and your ad just keeps coming up on all these kids' YouTube channels. You want to exclude those YouTube channels, and we've got over 2,000 YouTube channels that, as a default, we just upload into every campaign to exclude. This is Super Fast Business with James Schramko. James Helping you build your business super fast. James Framco here. Welcome back to superfastbusiness.com. This is episode 819. Today, I'm chatting with Ilana Wexler from teachtraffic.com. We're going to be talking about remarketing for both Facebook and Google. The reason I wanted to record this episode is I know for a fact Elana has recently deployed a new challenge for business owners who want to learn this stuff. And the best part about it is now that we've gone certain way through the challenge, we're seeing a lot of results. And that, I was super encouraged by that to see that a cross-section of website owners are able to tap into that challenge and within a couple of weeks get significant results by just deploying this low-hanging fruit style of campaign but across two platforms, which I think really makes you special, Ilana, because a lot of people are talking about this platform or that platform, but you actually handle multiple platforms. I think that's your point of difference, if I may say so. And uh, what I'd like to do is break it down into the steps. I'd like to get a sort of window into what are you teaching these people in the challenge? Also, just before we get too far in it, can you tell us where we could go and do the challenge and how much is it? Yeah, sure. So if you're interested in learning how to launch a retargeting campaign on Facebook and on Google, you can just head on over to teachtraffic.com slash challenge. Uh, obviously, we have run this live and at the time of this recording, it is on the last day, but obviously everything has been recorded and you can access all that recording material if you decide to go ahead and it costs just 10 bucks. It's a one-time fee. $10, you would have to get a return on investment if you do that training. So <laughs> now the students who have been going through that have been getting results, mm. amazing results. A lot of them actually going through into the teach traffic training that you have, which is what can come after that if you want to go further down the track. It suits people who already have a website, who already are selling something and not afraid to roll up your sleeves and do some of the work or you've got someone in your team who can roll up the sleeves and do the work. So I just want to make sure that we get that out there. No point spending 10 bucks if you plan on doing nothing or if you've just a startup and you've got no online business, you're going to be wasting your time and money. So that done, what are you taking people through in the challenge? I imagine you've broken it down into steps as you would have to if you're going to teach something in a linear fashion. And what interesting things have you found on the way through? They're the main questions I want to ask you, Alana. I'm going to hand over to you okay. to step us through this. All right. So it's basically a seven-step process. Obviously, we spread this out over 14 days throughout the challenge. Uh, but the step one would be obviously to create your accounts. And often many people have joined the challenge or did join the challenge having already one account and perhaps not the other account. So to, obviously to do a retargeting campaign on both platforms, you need an account on both platforms. For creating an account in the Google Ad platform, there's um, something you've got to watch out for, which obviously I cover in the videos, which is when you do create your new Google Ad account, Google is going to try and force you to create a campaign from the outset. And it's quite 
hidden actually how to circumvent those default settings by Google. So you definitely don't want to launch a campaign straight away because we want to set up all this sort of digital plumbing stuff that I call. So that sort of step one is to create an account on obviously Google and on Facebook. Many people already have a Facebook ad account. I find far less people have a Google account. So you can just use your existing Facebook account. The second real main step I like to do is really to plan and, you know, planning before execution. So many people like jump right in and just go, I want to create a campaign and blast it out there. I'm a big fan of planning because really success with retargeting comes down to segmentation. And so to segment people properly, you have to identify how you're going to be defining people because success with ads is all about ad relevance. And you achieve ad relevance through segmentation. And that requires a bit of a planning process. It doesn't take that long, but it's really a good idea to get clear on what you want to show people and what offer, who you want to show and what, essentially. Uh, So that's sort of step two. Step three is sort of where we roll up our sleeves a little bit and set up what I call the digital plumbing, right, which is on the Google side of things that's connecting our Google ad account to analytics, for example. So those two platforms talk nicely to each other. That's connecting our Google ad account to our YouTube accounts so that therefore we will be able to do a YouTube retargeting campaign, but also so that we can capture the audience that we already have on YouTube and perhaps retarget somewhere else on the Google ecosystem. So that's what's called engagement audiences. On the Facebook side of things, it's connecting our Facebook ad account to our Instagram account so that we can then run a retargeting campaign on Instagram. And like what I mentioned on the YouTube side of things, we can create engagement audiences. Let's say if you've got a really good Instagram account, you can create an engagement audience of people who've interacted with your Instagram page to retarget them on their Facebook newsfeed, et cetera. So it's setting up all that kind of digital plumbing stuff. The beauty is that you only have to do it once. Once you've set it all up, it's all done and you never have to fiddle around with all that technical stuff. But I walk people through exactly step-by-step how to do that. It's really not that hard when you know how. Step four is actually creating your retargeting lists as per what was step two in your segmentation. When you have a clear idea of how you're defining people, creating the list is actually really easy because you know exactly what you want to do. And step five is setting up conversion tracking, which is going to be how we're going to determine if our retargeting campaign is working or not. Once again, you only have to do that once. Once you've set it all up, it's set up for life, essentially, so long as no one deletes any codes on your website. That's going to fuel for later on when you are running cold traffic campaigns, all your conversion tracking is set up and you'll have the lens to see what's worked and what has not worked, which I believe are both equally important. (laughs) Step six is writing your ads as per your segmentation, right? So you want, as I said, success is all about ad relevance. So it's writing the right ad for the right person at the moment that they're in or where they are in your sales funnel. Okay. And uh, step seven is creating your retargeting campaigns. So once again, I will walk you through step by step. That's basically the process. Does that answer your question? It does. And the second part of that is, you know, what things have you found were interesting as you go through the challenge? Have you had troubleshooting required? Have you had unexpected 
you know, people implement things that have surprised you? Because I know sometimes when you roll out campaigns with a bunch of different users, they do things differently or find things you haven't seen before. Yeah, interesting. So I've had some people who for uh, their website they didn't realise fell under a banned category on Google in which they could not do retargeting. So health is an example that you can't do, but you can do retargeting on Facebook for that. And the health, I guess, banner is quite broad on Google. Like, for example, I used to specialise in Google ads for dentists back in the day and, you know, you can't do retargeting for dentists. That falls under the banner of health. So that's sort of a curveball that a handful of people found. What's another one? Some people, when they were creating their ads and their campaign, they got their ads disapproved by Google because they were missing some certain elements in there. So be it their logo with the banner and Google kind of flagged it as misrepresentation. So I was sort of helping people how to get their ads approved. Big source of confusion for people is off the back of the Apple iOS 14 update. It's having a big, big effect with retargeting audiences, but mainly with the setup of conversion tracking. Facebook have made some massive changes. This is still in the process at the time of this recording rolling out, but you need to do a different form of conversion tracking now. So there's what's called an eight event conversion event limit per domain. If you're doing retargeting on Facebook, you need to verify your domain through the Facebook business manager. So if our listeners are listening to this and they have not done this, I urge you to do this now because you will need to. So you need to verify your domain with Facebook and they're going to spit out some code that you need to install on your website. And then you are going to have what's called, as I said, the eight conversion event limit where you need to prioritize in terms of priority your eight conversions. I mean, that's a maximum, but you don't need eight. And so I walk people through uh, how to do that. And admittedly, you know, this is largely new to me as well. Like as an advertiser, we're always learning new things. And at this time of this recording, this has just been rolled out, you know. So there are a couple of things that people have found. There's more if you want. I do want, of course. I just want to point out, I think this is why it's handy. You know, you could probably have a go at doing this just from watching this training. But if you go through the challenge, you get Alana's help. And that's a huge factor. And I think your background being a data analyst gives you a real advantage. You see patterns in the numbers that others miss. But also you're seeing a whole bunch of people setting up accounts. So you know how to navigate this territory like a seasoned professional. I mean, this is literally what you've chosen to do for a living, which I think is um, admirable. So what other things have you found? Many people get stuck with whether to create their Facebook ad account through the business manager or their personal profile. I personally am a fan of using the business manager mainly because you can control access to people's ad account much easier. It's better for managing teams. So that's just my personal preference. Many people have a lot of issues setting up their pixels, etc. So I was helping a lot of people that way. You know, the Facebook side of things can actually get quite confusing. So I can appreciate the difficulties that people had. Some people didn't realize they had two pixels on their website and so they kind of thought well which one do I use how do I know which one is picking up the data etc so it's a good practice just to have one pixel obviously on your website unless you're sharing your pixel or someone's sharing their pixel with you so I mean it's funny like I've been doing this for so long and yet 
there's still new questions that people have that I think, oh, okay, someone's got this problem. And so <laughs> I'm still learning the different curveballs that people have. Some people are using Shopify. And so therefore with Shopify, there are restrictions in terms of if you're using Shopify plus what you can then load into the back end of your site and uh, ways to navigate that. So for example, without Shopify plus as a standard level of Shopify, you can't install Google Tag Manager, but we could have sort of circumvented that by creating retargeting lists in analytics and then pushing that into Google Ads. So there's always you know, sneaky ways to get around things. <laughs> Very sneaky. So have you had any uh, expressions of delight from people going through the course where they've had a big revelation or they've started getting results that they hadn't seen before? Well, actually, at the time of this recording, we are on day 14 where people only just yesterday launched their campaign. But I just put together like a training module on the day 14 of how to troubleshoot your underperforming retargeting campaign because I'm pretty clear with people that it's unlikely you're going to hit it out of the park straight away. That's just part and parcel of paid traffic, you know. And so I thought maybe we could cover different ways that you might, our listeners could troubleshoot a retargeting campaign if they found it has not worked for them. Yes, please. All righty. Okay. So because I'm a believer in retargeting on the four areas, be it Google search, display, YouTube, and Facebook, I thought we could break it down into those four components. Okay. So let's start with Google search. Okay. So someone comes to your website, doesn't do what you want them to do. They leave. And then after they left, sometime after, be it seven days, 14 days, whatever, they start Google searching the type of product or service that you offer. That's the type of campaign that we're talking about. If you find it does not work, my suggestion would be to go perhaps broader up the funnel in terms of keyword selection. So rather than choosing a very specific keyword to target, which would be a bottom of funnel type keyword, what you might find is your retargeting audience isn't using that exact phrase and so you're not getting much traffic. So I would go further up the funnel, perhaps bid on like a single keyword that's related to your business and you might get more traffic that way. The real starting point that I would look at is what's called your search term report, which is what somebody actually typed into Google that triggered your search ad. This is a treasure trove of information and you're going to get loads of ideas of A, new keywords and B, negative keywords to add to prevent Google from showing your search ads for things that you don't want, okay? So that's really the biggie that you have to do is to look through that search term report. This is something that, you know, when I ran my agency, we would do daily. But, you know, if you've got a small campaign, possibly once a week is all you'd really need to do. You might find when you log into your search campaign that it says the keyword is below first page bid. So that's the second thing that I'd look at is do you need to raise your bids for it, provided you're doing manual cost per click, okay? The third component which you may find is happening that causing you to not have any results is you're not getting any impressions at all, in which case you need to increase your bid even more, okay? Or perhaps no one is even searching for that keyword. You kind of missed the mark. Like you've bid enough, but yet no one on your audience is searching for that. So you might need to think of some additional keywords to add in. And yeah, so they're basically the three main things that I would look at in trying to turn around your underperforming retargeting search campaign. Any questions about that or should I keep going? No, keep going, please. Okay. So the next component is display. If you've launched a Google display campaign for your retargeting audience and it's not working, 
The first thing I would look at is, are you getting any impressions? If you're not getting any impressions, it could be a bid issue. You need to bid a little bit higher, in which case I would change that. And if you're still not getting impressions, possibly you need to choose a larger audience size. So when I help people creating retargeting lists, we actually create many different audiences of many different size. So we've got that at our disposal. And I always like to create an audience of 540 days on Google at least. So I've got like that master list just if and when I ever want to use it. Okay. So I would yeah, increase the bids and possibly look to increase or change the audience you're selecting to be of a larger size. If you're getting clicks, but they're not converting. So you're getting impressions, people are clicking on your ad, but they're not doing what you want them to do. I'd say there's probably an offer with your landing page or your offer. So, well, maybe not your offer because they're clicking on it. So what is going on when they get to your website? I'd have a look in your analytics. I'd have a look at the bounce rate. I'd have a look, are, are they looking at more than one page on your site? You've kind of got to, I'd install heat mapping software on your website to see what they're doing when they come. Are they actually reading the page? Are they tempted by the offer? So that's what I would look at to fix that problem. And uh, the third aspect as well is like what we talked about on the keyword side of things where we add negative keywords, I'd also add negative placements to remove some junk placements as well because your ads are going to show up in lots of places. It's kind of like playing whack-a-mole. I, I, I say to people, you're just sort of getting rid of junk placements. And once again, if you've got a small retargeting campaign, you could probably just do this once a week quite easily. Uh, and you could also try changing your offer as well. That's the one we hear the most about. But uh, as you mentioned, when you first start these things, you're going to go a bit broad and then you're going to prune back and cut the waste and then it turns good. Of course, having someone like you helping is great. Whereabouts is that challenge? It's at teachtraffic.com forward slash challenge. It's $10. That's not a mistake. <laughs> Just 10 bucks. One time thing. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Now for that, you get to keep the training modules and you'll have access to support during the challenge. Is that right? That's right. Yep. So you'll have access to ask me any questions in the threads start a new thread if you like, but yet obviously at the end of the challenge, access to the ability to ask me questions is removed, but you do get access to the recordings of it. So you will have access to the content part. Right. So if you like talking to Alana and you want to continue on, you can join Teach Traffic, which is obviously, I'm guessing that's why you've set up this challenge is a nice way for you to find great customers who are doing the work, have a good offer, see a huge return on investment and want to just keep going further. Can you talk to me just on that? What sort of more mature teach traffic customers have you seen go through and get results just to, to give us a picture of what that might look like? I think the beauty of starting with this challenge is that if you can get a good return on investment from your retargeting campaign, it's a great case to start buying cold traffic right. so that you then just add more people into your existing retargeting campaigns that you've built. Because you've got a back end to collect it all up. You're one step towards that self-liquidating offer. That's exactly right. Yeah. Cool. So let's continue. YouTube retargeting campaign. Hang on a minute. Oh, sorry. Tell me about a teach traffic customer, just a sample of someone going well in the main membership. Oh, okay. So usually there's kind of two, well, maybe three types of people who do really well. The first are people who sell information like 
is I seem to attract people who teach guitar for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Do you play guitar? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't either, and I've got all these musicians in my membership, so it's funny. Maybe it's COVID, you know, everyone's decided to learn an instrument and all these businesses that teach musical instruments are just blowing up, I don't know, in a good way, that is. So I know a lot about promoting music uh, education businesses. If only I knew how to play an instrument, I could do it myself, but I don't. So, yep, e-commerce store is also an obvious one and people who sell high-ticket offers where there's a huge return on investment. You know, they're not selling something for $10, basically. Yeah. So anything expensive. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. But, you know, like having said that, there's all there's so many – that's actually what I find so fascinating and what I love about doing this type of work is all the weird and wonderful industries that I get exposed to that, you know, like – we often dine out on the dinner table and check out this business I came across. Who would have thought there'd be a market for that, you know? But there is. Yeah, I, I feel like my coaching business is a exotic zoo. I've got the most weird and wonderful animals in it. They're fascinating. Continue on then. I think you are on to YouTube next. Yeah, okay. So uh, that's sort of the third component of your holistic retargeting campaign is a retargeting ad on YouTube. And I have to admit, like, this is probably the one that people get stuck with the most because there is that hurdle of creating a really good YouTube ad, but the rewards are great if you can get it to work. So once again, if you're finding that you've launched it and your ad is not getting any impressions, it might be a bid issue, in which case you've got to bid more or you've got to change your audience size. Perhaps you've refined it too tightly. If you find it's not converting, so people are clicking on your YouTube ad, which is great because that's definitely hurdle number one, (laughs) Uh, but they're not converting, I would try some kind of different offer. It's funny, actually, I've got a member in Teach Traffic who is in the music education space. This is outside of the challenge, but we were running Facebook ads or I was helping you run Facebook ads successfully. And then we launched that same offer on YouTube ads and that same offer did not convert, which was really interesting. So what we did was we just put a free offer in front of that same Facebook offer and then that ended up converting. So it often is sometimes tweaking the offer to suit the platform because every platform is quite unique. Uh, So, yeah, if you're finding you're getting clicks and they're not converting, I would try some kind of different offer or I would have a really, once again, a good look at your landing page as well. Nice. Yep. And also, like the display, I would look at your placement report to see where your YouTube ads are being shown. The big one that you want to look for is are your retargeting ads being shown on kids' channels because you pay for a view, right? So perhaps, you know, a parent was doing some research, they left and then, you know, their kid's on their computer watching Peppa Pig, for example, and your ad just keeps coming up on all these kids' YouTube channels. You want to exclude those YouTube channels and we've got over 2,000 YouTube channels that as a default we just upload into every campaign to exclude. There's the $10 value right there. Exactly, because you'll easily spend more than $10 on <laughs> yeah. those channels yeah. over time. So, yeah, that's what I would look at for an underperforming YouTube retargeting campaign. All right. Is there anything else? That's probably enough on the YouTube side of things. I would definitely split test two or three different types of ads of different length as well. You know, Tom Breeze, who's a mutual friend of ours, who's amazing at YouTube ads, he's sort of openly said his ideal YouTube ad length for the video is 2 minutes 20. I don't know. He's probably would have split test this a lot. But, you know, personally, I've got a one-minute video that converts really well as well. So it really depends, you know. Nice. On the Facebook side of things, so this is the last one, what you want to look at is firstly, 
the big one is the frequency metric. You know, people are on social media a lot, so you don't want to bombard people over and over with the same ad. So watch that frequency metric. If you find it's not converting, I would change either your offer or your creative. Make sure you split test image versus video. I've had so many people who spent a fortune on Facebook ads, even in cold traffic, and have never even tried a video ad, which astounds me because video ads are incredibly successful. And if you find it's just not profitable, perhaps you need to refine some of your demographics, find the male or female and certain age brackets which are least likely to convert and exclude them from your retargeting campaign to sort of cull the waste and just double down on the winners. I think that's probably enough info for people. <laughs> Look, if you're still listening now, then you're definitely you're interested in this stuff. Yeah. If you're like me and you start glazing over a bit, thinking, right, make sure I send my person running ads to this training <laughs> so they can do the challenge and make sure they apply all of this stuff to my account. That's probably something that's going on right now because you're either in the camp where you do it yourself yeah. or you get someone to do it. If you get someone to do it, Send them to this training, send them to this episode 819 and say, make sure you pay attention and you're doing all of these things to my account. And if you're not, take the challenge and plug into the source. I know you train a lot of people who actually work in agencies who are serving end users and that's clever of them to hook into this platform as well. So thanks for everything you do, Alana. Thank you. And you've provided some really good intel here that you're not going to figure out unless you spend a lot of time, a lot of money learning this stuff. And you really have to be interested in it as well, clearly. So teachtraffic.com forward slash challenge. It's $10. I'm a huge fan of Alana's. I've been involved helping her grow her business for a long time now because she's the real deal. And I think really the big feature is you're going to be able to tap into multiple platforms instead of just learning from one platform. And that's the big advantage of this program. So Thanks for coming along and sharing. We'll, we'll get you back. I'm sure we're going to get questions as well. And congratulations on setting up such an amazing challenge where people are uh, enjoying it and upgrading and uh, looks like a real winner. Thank you so much. Thanks. And thanks for having me on your show. It's always a pleasure to come on. Awesome. There we go. We'll put this up at 819. We'll put a full transcription in case you want to review some of that content-rich episode and uh, it'll be available at superfastbusiness.com. Discover how to build your business super fast. Check out superfastbusiness.com.